Practicing electronic medicine. Is your spam filter strong enough to protect you from liability? You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Business of Medicine. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell. Joining me today is Jim Bream, attorney with the offices of Query and Harrow. Jim concentrates on the defense of hospitals, managed care organizations, and physicians in professional liability programs. Jim has handled cases in the trial and appellate courts and is a featured speaker and guest lecturer on various healthcare and medical legal issues. Welcome to the show, Jim. Thank you for having me back. Jim, today I'd like to talk a little bit about electronic health records and whether or not they actually increase or decrease our liability. So let's start with what is the current definition of an EHR? An EHR, electronic health record, is considered to be a data set, a set of data compiling a patient's health information. It's unique to the patient. It's broader than a single encounter. It may, for instance, contain uh, records from prior physicians, lab tests, EKGs, even imaging can be incorporated into an electronic health record. Ideally, it encompasses a patient's complete health history, and today we're often seeing the hybrid model where we have some data that's put in directly on an electronic basis as well as old data that may be scanned into the electronic health record or EHR. The beauty of it is is in some formats it can even be searchable. Uh, it can be formatted to generate a report, for instance, all lipids on a particular patient or to collate data on all prior EKGs so that you can track a patient's response to therapy. It seems that it's great for attorneys also. I think that actually the attorneys are probably at the stage where we're still considering if it's going to be great, if it's going to make for an easier defense, or if it's going to make for a more challenging defense. So have you had any cases yet where you've had to use an electronic medical record? Absolutely. I think that the nursing staff that's been involved on the inpatient side have been practicing with an electronic health record for years. You see this quite frequently in obstetrical cases. You see it quite frequently in the intensive care unit. And many of the cases that we're dealing with and defending now involve the EHR. And in your experience, is it helping the doctor or is it hindering the doctor? I mean, are the cases turning towards finding more culpability because everything is documented and everything is time-stamped, and so it's much easier to kind of find out when things went wrong and who exactly did it? I think that there are aspects of the EHR that can be very helpful to the defense, and we find those in terms of prompts that are generated for fields things to explore with respect to a patient's particular set of uh, constellation of signs and symptoms. At the same time, there are some difficulties with defending an EHR case. They can range from my belief that the EHR creates a very generic patient so that when you and I meet in the context of litigation, maybe two years, three years, or even four years out from the date of treatment, it's much more difficult for you to have an independent recollection as to who that patient is when it comes to you in this generic, formatted manner. Some of the EHRs do offer the chance of throwing a photograph in where you can actually take a picture of the patient at the front desk and then that becomes part of their record. So you can actually, before you go in the exam room, you can actually pull up their chart and see their picture, which might actually make you remember 
who they are and look forward to going into the room. I think that's a great prompt, and that's the type of thing that might more personalize the record so that when you are reviewing a particular data set on a patient, you actually have some recollection as to who that patient is and some of their more unique characteristics and circumstances. I know in the July 6, 2007 issue of Medical Economics, they talked a little bit about whether or not electronic health records will actually reduce the risk of being sued or better protect you if sued. What came out of that article? It's a very interesting article. There was actually a survey that was conducted both by medical economics and by the doctor's company, uh, an insurance provider for professional liability insurance. And they were exploring the issue of whether or not having an EHR improves the defense in medical malpractice cases. They found that among physicians, one of the primary reasons physicians cite for securing an EHR in their office is to shop for the EHR in an effort to best reduce their exposure to medical malpractice suits. At the same time, there were some responders to the survey who worried just the opposite. Could this EHR increase my risk? Now, some of the reasons cited for reducing the risk include records are more comprehensive. You have these prompts. There's more actual interaction with the patient that you're prompted to do. There's the provision of automatic alerts and, you know, flags that will come up, reminders that perhaps you've sent a patient off for some testing or that a patient is due for testing. And, of course, uh, there's remote access to the records, whether you have, uh, you're a provider who's at multiple sites mm-hmm. or simply you're called at home while you're on call and you can access from your office or study space. Right, which is a nice feature. Absolutely. No question about it. Now, with that nice feature, let's just take that remote access, for instance. Are there concerns that are generated? Well, yes. Number one, you have a much greater knowledge base that is at hand, and so your expectations for what you need to know about this patient may be higher. Mm -hmm. If, for instance, you're covering for your group and your group consists of eight cardiologists, but you have not taken care of this particular patient, access to that greater set of data certainly benefits the patient, benefits your clinical judgment, but at the same time certainly heightens your duty and responsibility to explore the data set. So you're held to a higher standard because now you have this information that you didn't have before, and so you're you're at more risk now because before you were kind of operating just in a little uh, vacuum and you didn't really know the patient very well, so you could plead ignorance before. Now you can't. We as defense lawyers would like to say that the standard of care is the same, but I think the care that's involved is certainly at a higher level. If you've just joined us, you are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell, and today I'm talking with Jim Bream, attorney and featured speaker on various healthcare and medical legal issues. We're talking about the electronic health record and whether or not it actually increases or decreases our risk of getting sued. Have you done any cases yet where it actually made things worse for the doctor? Let's look at that same study again. Some of the concerns that were cited by the responders are that there can be issues of system instability. There can be diversion of attention from the care provider away from a patient's particular signs and symptoms. And there can be problems by virtue of the fact that what these systems prompt you to do in the clinical setting is to chart by exception. Yes, I have had cases where all of those have come into play and have been an issue. And I'll give you a couple of examples. Please. 
For instance, uh, with respect to system instability, I like to provide the caveat, spend the money, purchase the stability, and buy the redundancy. You need to have a system that you won't lose data on. Remember that you do still have the obligation, whether it's electronic or whether it's hard copy, to maintain that medical record in accordance with whatever your state's record retention laws are. So if it's an electronic format, you still have the obligation to retain it for a set number of years. Now, there have been issues that have come up in cases where when something is printed, the print date shows up on the electronic record. Or, for instance, I have a set of data like a vital sign flow sheet that's printed every 24 hours, but I don't have the last 24 hours because the patient expired or was discharged from the facility. So I'm missing that last portion of vital signs. They were taken, they just aren't appearing in the electronic record because of the mechanism by which the record prints the data. And that can be unique to a particular electronic health record system. So that's one example. Diversion of attention away from patients' signs and symptoms. Automatic alerts and uh, clinical pathways can suggest a way in which you are going to treat a patient. But the question always arises, did you choose the right protocol? Did you choose the right clinical pathway in terms of assessing this patient's presentation? For instance, if you select that abdominal pain guideline or template, does that move you away from and prevent you from considering potential cardiac signs and symptoms? Yeah, I think it does. Yeah, I mean, if you're practicing via a cookbook, that's always a concern that we have, that you might be preventing the study of the ingredients, so to speak. And what about the impression you're creating with the patient? The best advice that we can give to healthcare providers is to establish a good physician-patient relationship. We've talked about that on your show before. However, with the electronic record, do you spend more of your time with your eyes diverted to the computer screen and typing than you do to focusing in on the patient and actually listening to him or her? The answer is yes. And you get the complaints from the patients. I went in and I saw my doctor, but he spent most of his time at the keyboard and not very much time actually looking at me or listening to me. I actually do ask them because we started a record six months ago, and I still ask patients what they thought of the encounter, and they like it. They feel that their visit was documented more clearly and they like the fact that their prescriptions were just sent electronically to the pharmacy before they even leave the room. So I haven't had a lot of complaints in terms of that, but it does require a learning curve of managing dealing with the patient and their needs and their expectations and getting the data into the computer. It's difficult. It's challenging to do both well. I guess our mutual advice would be to make sure that you integrate the electronic health record into your practice, but don't let it overwhelm or dictate your practice. Yeah, I think that's good advice. We also have the issue about charting by exception. And you know, really we're talking about the fact that what comes up on some of these electronic records, and I can think to examples particularly out of the inpatient setting, is charting the abnormal finding. But what about the pertinent positive? That's not always an option within the fields that are called up. For instance, lack of chest pain on follow-up examination. 
Sometimes the provider is limited by the fields that are made available. And if what you need to write is more of a free-form entry or it's simply not prompted by one of the fields, you may be limiting your description of the patient's presentation. Right. Our system allows you to always add notes wherever you want, whenever you want. You can type them in, you can write them in, you can draw them in, you can do anything. So you're right. It, I can see how some systems would not allow you to even consider certain things because it doesn't give you that option. But you have to be involved in the creation of those templates so that you think of every potential possibility and are not limited to just what the computer gives you as an option. Jim Bream, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was a pleasure to be here. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, and you've been listening to The Business of Medicine on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thank you for listening.